cost of ownership is not that high. Basic, like basic routine maintenance. Obviously, and like, and then anything else is for for a vehicle that has like two hundred forty thousand kilometers on it. Right. Right. Like things are gonna go. Yeah, like plugs and stuff like that. But what's crazy is what that everything works. It's got all these sensor arrays for like intelligent German. All these different like that every motor oil level, coolant levels. They're all on like this check panel, right. and it all works. Huh. Like how I kept knowing I had real problems because the coolant, like other than checking the coolant level all the time, was the coolant light would come on and be like your coolant levels are low. It's actually shocking, yeah. It and a twenty-eight-year-old car that yeah. all those things still work. It's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's like those like finicky little things that go go bad first, right? Of course, Luck, no, hopefully. Crappy, right. yeah. Crappy legs. <laughs> you've done you've done a lot of work. On I've it. done a lot of work, yeah. Um, all right, well, guys, listen, I'm gonna get right into this, so. You're listening to the Bucket Seat Podcast. This is episode seven. Um, I'm Trevor Byrne, your host. Uh, we have Josh Hansen here with us again today. Uh, and we're delighted to be able to introduce um, a, uh, a very interesting gentleman named, by the name of okay. so Philip Oliveira, um, who is uh, founder, and you can correct me at any, any point oh, on this too. Sure. So founder, owner, creator of DriverMod.ca. Right. Um, track Day Junkie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Miata Maniac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Philip and I, so Josh, some backstory for you two is um, Philip and I ran into each other at an autocross day at Canadian Tower Motorsport Park, uh, where I was able to uh, run my car and have a little bit of fun that afternoon. Um, it was kind of cold that day. It was weird. I don't think we could ever get really yeah, any was, heat yeah. in our tires yeah, for that. Um, but um, it was great to be able to meet you there and you kind of explained to me. Uh, you were getting into, or you'd been into, kind of like the journalism side of um, of automotive, and that sparked a lot of interest. And at that point, I was just getting started with the Bucket Seat Podcast, right. and uh, you know, so both of us, I think, were at this kind of early genesis stage of you know our our passions, following these pursuits that we kind of got into. So, thank you so much for coming. My um, and um, I think that so I've got a, you know a couple things here that we'll talk about, but. Um, First and foremost, you know, kind of before we get into the site, um, one of the big things with this podcast that I like to be able to do is start from, you know, we start from A and end up at Z. So for me, it's always about the, the kind of the journey of getting from you not having a site, you not being into cars right. to what we're at today. So you don't have to obviously be long winded with it, but um, uh, I'd love to know what it was that inspired you to get into cars. Like, what was that moment? What was that thing that really, like, it, it clicked and all of a sudden you went, holy shit, like, I'm, I'm really into cars. Right. Like, I, I'm one of those weird car people who was not into cars growing up, like, at all. Right. Um, that, I, I, I share a very similar upbringing, I yeah. think, then. <laughs> like, yeah. to age, eight, up to age, like, 16, I was all, like, music and airplanes and nothing to do with cars, right? Nice. Um, and then I got my driver's license just cause, because I had to. I had I, I to have a means to get to work. Um, and the moment I can begin driving, I really liked driving. Um, and then I think it was first year of college, I got invited to my first autocross. And <laughs> autocross is very cheap, right? It's, mm-hmm. it, you can go there 40 bucks, uh, not even a quarter tank of gas, mm-hmm. and have a great time. But it becomes a slippery slope very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of took over my life. Uh, track days, and I, I took my first autocross, I took my mother's. On the Civic, <laughs> and that ended amazing. Up, and that ended up becoming like modified and tracked and just a whole bunch of stuff and big brake kits. Well, she was still driving it, or yeah, uh... yeah. <laughs> amazing. So That's I'm awesome. Kind of a, I'm kind of a terrible son, <laughs> but it's all out in the open now, and she knows that. So. That's good. That's yeah. good. 
I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that that's uh, that that went over well. So did you? I mean, did you put? Did you do anything to the car? Were you kind of just running it as it was stock? Well, I, I kind of I kind of modified it the way I usually recommend people modify cars, and that's um, from the ground up, right? So mm-hmm. I chewed through my first set of tires, which were like you know eight year old Aussies in record time. Like I think like four um, autocross sessions. I I burned through like a set of brake pads by first track day because they're like you know Canadian Tire special mm-hmm. brake right. pads, right? Uh, then I got better, better tires, I got better brakes, and then when you get better tires, your uh, body roll becomes much more pronounced. So then I got, you know, lowering springs, uh, sway bars, camera kits, uh, you know, shocks, like, you know, the typical stuff, right? Right, 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 right. And then before had, you started adding any power. Yeah, and right. then I, I was at the point where I, I could maintain a really high level of momentum around the track, so I began overheating my brakes. <laughs> so I put, right. like, an Acura TSX, uh, you know, brake set on the front and then you know like hawk h3 plus pads nice you know brake fl- you know like the typical stuff right mm-hmm. yeah um and then i just kind of said screw it and i want to get a real drive car and i sold it um and got a miata yeah awesome <laughs> yeah awesome so that was I mean, it's funny because i you know i i kind of made some notes on this too for me getting into cars like i wasn't into cars at all until maybe last couple of years of high school right and uh Oddly enough, because it's not at all my my taste anymore. Uh, I was into, like the, the the vehicle that did it for me was this. It was like one of the pizza delivery guys in our little <laughs> tiny town, and he had a lowered Chevy S10. Mm. <laughs> and it was just I'm so not into trucks. I'm not about trucks. I'm not about like super slammed cars. But right. this one, just to me, I went, oh, like you can actually do something really interesting with a car if you you know you put a different set of wheels on it. What you can do to just the appearance in general, I thought was fascinating. And at that point, I was like, huh, you know, the wheel started turning and I started yeah. trying to figure out what I could do. So my my first foray into that was I think I'd replaced the gear shift knob in my dad's like 2000 uh, diesel Jetta. Uh, and I'd go out and I'd, I'd like I'd wax the car and I'd polish it. I'd do everything I possibly could just for, out of the hope that he would let me drive it. He never ever let me drive it. Right. So uh, but I think that probably made my heart grow fonder for cars and wanting my own and eventually getting into them. But uh, yeah, started in a really peculiar place and at a late age because I know there's a lot of people that are just into it immediately. Yeah, that was not me. <laughs> so we definitely share that. Um, so as we kind of like get into this and now obviously like your passions as I've looked into driver mod and what driver mod is all about uh, I, I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of it but uh, I'd love for you to be able to explain what it is so what is driver mod how did it start why did it start and, and what do you you know what are you focusing on on the site so my kind of you know um, entry into the world of Almo journalism I, I've always liked writing um, so I would you know, th- I would go to a track day or I would drive some fast car or I would go to an auto show or an event and then I would go home and I, have, I, ha- I would have like these words in my head and I would want to put them down on paper. Right. Um, and then I had a friend who kind of knew that did that. So he somehow found out that this other site, um, which will remain unnamed, <laughs> um, had like a job opening and I began writing for them. But truth be told, they, they were more of like a like a content farm like clickbait type type yeah. stuff right <laughs> yeah we're, um, we're all very familiar mm-hmm. yeah like i i feel i feel guilty saying that because like i'm one of those bad people who made clickbait you know? <laughs> sure <laughs> um so yeah I, I i got tired of just writing crap right like I, I i like you you go home and you write like a paragraph and you stick a youtube video on top and you write another paragraph and you stick another youtube video on top but that's not journalism that's just kind of recycling stuff to get more views and more money yeah exactly but that's like 
for me that's like the the, the landfill of the internet right so i wanted to get into more like really like high quality long form journalism and in today's day and age there's a lot of ways you can do that you can make a, a kinja account mm-hmm. uh, that's that's how uh god what's his name jalopnik Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. Tor- or Torchinsky. Yeah. <laughs> he got a yeah. start, right? Right. Uh, or you can go Carthrow. You can make a Carthrow account, then you can put articles in Carthrow. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm a bit of a control freak. I wanted it to look a certain way, and I wanted to have a certain feel to it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to look like car and driver, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So we began building this site, which took way longer than writing articles. And then it took off way quicker than I thought. Like, I joked that we would have, like, 500 views in our first month. But we had like, I think a thousand views in our first day of launching. Okay. Like it got really well received. And hmm. wow. uh, then at first it was just me and my brother. I would write, he would edit. He's oh, like, I didn't realize this. So you're doing this with your brother? Yeah, yeah. I, I would write, he would edit, and then we put stuff up, and I would just kind of take pictures, and I kind of got into photo editing. But the next thing I knew, we had like actual photographers on board who were totally willing to to work for free. Yeah, which I, I noticed some really good photography. Yeah, so. yeah. So now we've got this site. That has great photography. I I, th- I, it, it, I think it has the quality of writing that I, I like, um, and we're just trying to kind of bang out content. And I've had a lot of people um, ask me like how I plan to kind of monetize it. Right. And it's not something I'd say no to, but I'm very hesitant about the idea of putting ads on it because I don't want to go back to like that mm-hmm. really revenue focused, uh, you know, model. Right. Um, but yeah, we're just producing content, and and it's also led to like a lot of really cool opportunities. Like we've got we got we went to the Toronto Show and Press Passes, mm-hmm. uh, you know Toronto, which which you know was fairly easy. Like anybody can go to Toronto Show and Press Passes. Uh, like we went to like rally events, and I drove fast cars. I drove a, I drove an LS three powered Miata recently. No kidding. That was like batshit <laughs> crazy. And that's yeah, yeah, that is pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah, so you know just shooting cars and driving cars and going to shows and going to events, and I, I that. Like I can't complain, even if we're doing it for free, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's that's great, right? So, so explain a bit um, in terms of the content that you've been producing. Um, just you know, in terms of those who might not be familiar with the site yet, give us a little bit of like the rundown of what it is you're focusing on, and kind of what the, um, you know, what the, what is it in terms of your focal point for each of these articles? Um, are you trying to bring forward when it comes to the actual, you know, the written work? Right. Yeah. So, really, if you go on the site on drivemod.ca, you've got two sections, right? You've got articles and you've got featured builds. And articles are usually either a story, like, "Hey, we went to a rallycross and this is what happened. I nearly killed myself," and you know that that type of stuff, right? Um, or we've got like technical stuff, which I've been trying to produce more of, but that takes a lot of time because you have to make diagrams and you have to you have to know your stuff because if you don't know your stuff people will call you out and mm. that feels terrible yeah absolutely and then you've got featured boats which are just hey uh, somebody i know built this wicked car here's pictures of it here's mm-hmm. their story yeah um in short like what i really love is i love storytelling like f- for me a great story is so much better than just a photo gallery any day mm. right yeah absolutely yeah. it's funny because what i've noticed uh, on your site so much is that the the featured builds are really really what um I feel are, are, are the most prominent uh, I would say when you get to your site too and some of the stuff that you've been featuring is pretty wild and crazy you're not just talking about like John's you know mm. uh, you know 99 uh, Civic Hatch that he put an area take on um, we're talking about some pretty wild stuff that I'd never seen before especially I mean just as of recently that uh, the S2000 I know I would, it's, yeah, it sticks in your mind yeah like 
the thing I love about that car is that it's, it's owned by a friend of mine, Ramesh, mm-hmm. and it's not that crazy of a build. Right. It's like, not super high horsepower. Yeah. Like, it's, it, that's 2000 with a supercharger, uh, 300 wheel horsepower, coilovers, right. uh, sway bars, um, like a row, uh, a row centering kit, um, you know, Y255 uh, square set of tires, uh-huh. uh, you know, uh, Toyo, no, what am I saying? Poinsettia RE71s. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not it's, an it's, it, Yeah, yeah, it's a very basic. It's a completely streetable car. He's got air conditioning. He's got power steering. Yeah. He's got stock seats. And if you, when you hop into his car, it's completely stock. There isn't like a gauge pedal. Yeah. There, there isn't even like an oil pressure uh, gauge, right? That's but, he, he still runs a stock exhaust too. Yeah, doesn't stock he? exhaust. Yeah. But the times he puts down are insane. Right. So he's so he's now set a record in yeah, that car. Like, like every time he goes to the track, he sets a record. And I love the idea of somebody building a car to the point where, like, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And just taking that, like, toolkit of a car right. and just learning how to drive it to, like, an obsessive degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, he's definitely become uh, a, a precision driver at DDT. I mean, I'm sure he's turned a lot of laps there, right? Yeah. Well, the thing about DDT is that that track came out last year, right? So... <laughs> I'm kind of making it sound not as good as it used to sound because it is a new track, right? Right, yeah. But yeah, like it, like it, it is still a really new track for everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I mean, still laying down a time like that on a car that is, you know, somewhat unassuming, other than maybe the wing on it. Yeah, like if you told me he did like 122s around Q, I'd be like, yeah, that's really quick. You're like, I would, yeah. I have not done anything near that, right? Right. But like 117 is like the kind of thing that you expect from like, I don't know, like uh, an aero atom, like something crazy, right? Yeah. Like that's a fast time. Yeah. Right? Hmm. Excuse me. So now, uh, keeping in mind some of these builds, I think you've featured maybe what, about five or six of them now? I think six now. Six yeah. now? Yeah. Give us like the really high level, like uh, elevator pitch on each of them because it's a good teaser for somebody to yeah. want to get to the site and yeah. actually learn a little bit okay. more too. Um, Dave's Miata is that us three Miata I kind of mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. And it's just so well put together and so manageable and it's got so much grip and so much power. And it's just, it's a Corvette missing 600 pounds and no roof, you know? Mm. Um, you've got Sanjay's RX-7, which was an RX-7 that was bought in Japan, um, like, wrecked, like, it's, subframe. Like, it's a crazy bad. story, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the motor was pooched, he went back to Japan, he found an RX-7 circuit car that had been rolled. At a Bisu. Yeah. Right. And at the time, he couldn't import it because it was within the 15-year rule. Sure. So he chopped in half, he brought the front <laughs> half over. So basically, you've got an RX-7 that's been completely rebuilt with a circuit car engine, right? Right. Um... Randy's M3 is like this like dance nation, right? You know, like lip popping out, uh, <laughs> yeah. purple wrap. Yeah. Um, you know, like it looks like a car that would just be built for hard parking, right? Yeah. But the things I've seen him do, you you you've met Randy. I right? know. I saw, and then when he ran that car at autocross, it totally blew my yeah, mind. Yeah, like it's it's like a, it's so well put together. Like everything right. is just perfection. Like it's so low, but yet the damping is set so well that he isn't rubber, he isn't, you know, scrape over bumps, and it, it, it's all NA, so the torque curve is smooth, is, is smooth as, uh, as anything, right? Um, what and it, but it, it, it kind of looks like a, it kind of looks a bit like a car that you would... Right off. You would maybe write yeah, it off. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he goes and he parks that straddle on the weekend. He just yeah. kind of, like, he, he, he bought the car for Instagram, right? Yeah. But no, right. Like, the car really performs. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pretty phenomenal yeah. machine. 
Uh, then you've got uh, a friend of mine, Brandon. He built like my Miata, but he built it to like the nth degree. Just boosted it, big wing, big splitter, uh, mm. you know, car, uh, canards in the front, like everything, right? You know, big right. wide uh, sticky tires, that type of thing. Was he was he at the the autocross day that were when I was no, there with you? No, he no. wasn't. No, okay. he, he's like a pure track guy. Right. Yeah, and that car actually, I don't know if I. That car's getting an engine swap. I, I won't say what engine, because he probably kill me. Um, what else, man? What else have we done? I don't want to miss somebody because I feel like they'll be offended. What was um? I don't know if it was one of your featured builds, but there was one story in particular about there was a flood damaged car that um i'm gonna say it was a flood damaged car that ended up with a maniacal motor um oh yes the, yes, the drift machine yes. oh man how, how can i forget that i went to top drift because i'm not a drifter i wanted mm. to kind of learn about the you know the art of um you know grass grassroots drifting right. and i met this gentleman named francis who's got a viper powered s2000 right, that's what it is <sighs> right yeah. neat so t- building a car like that is one thing right but what what kind of happened was that the car was caught in hurricane katrina and it had like thirty thousand cars in the ch- like thirty thousand miles in the chassis when it was caught in katrina and wow. with flood damage it was it was it was done right so yeah. it was part out immediately and somehow it ended up in montreal and it was sitting in a backyard for five years through like five winters um before he finally picked it up and this is the kind of guy who, like, if you told him, hey, I want a Coyote motor in my EJ Civic, mm-hmm. he would figure it out. Like, he's like, oh, I just take an entry mount, take another entry mount, I weld them together, I cut here. Like, he just, he's he's a maniac, right? right. And, yeah, he had a customer who wanted a twin tur- he wanted to twin turbocharge his Viper. And he was like, oh, you, you can't really do that. It doesn't really handle boost very well. He's like, no, don't worry. I've got, I've got a built motor. So they twin turbocharged his Viper, and as payment for the whole build... He gave him the OEM motor. Amazing. So he's like, oh, I've got this shell, I've got this motor, I'm just going to put them together and drift it, right? <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> and and it so, looks great, too. Yeah, and he's so casual about the whole, like, like how I described it is how he would describe it. He's like, oh, I just did this, and I did that, and it worked, and yeah, whatever. <laughs> makes <laughs> I mean, it so easy. <laughs> you know, I'm struggling with, like, you know, like, control arms and crap like that, right? He just makes it sound so easy. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that yeah, one's, that I, one's uh, pretty, pretty wild. I think that's it. Yeah. So, um, so now that you've, you've, you know, you've, you've been able to kind of start up to build this portfolio of all of these different great projects, you know, wh- wh- where are you finding them? I mean, in terms of, you know, like, how are you, how are you getting to these people and, um, you know, like, how are you sourcing the cars? How are you, how are you finding more content for these stories? You know, like when you're when you're when you're in the community, things just kind of come up, right? Like you'll you'll go to a track and you'll just see somebody, you know, in a 700 horsepower WRX, right? <laughs> and then you'll come out to them and be like, "Hey, I've got this site," and then you go from there, right? In the case right. of that that Viper, he was from Montreal, so I met him at Top Drift. And usually, I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to pick like the right the right setting, and I like to meet him there, and I like to have everything kind of staged. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you saw that S two thousand shoot, that was a very like staged shoot. Yeah, that, definitely. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kind of met him there. I was like, hey, let's let's do it because we're never getting a chance to shoot this car because you're from Montreal, and we just kind of shot it and went from there. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what do you have in terms of plans for um, for driver mod? You know, like what is it? Um, you know, is it is it is it video content? <sighs> Are you gonna, are you gonna, is there going to be a classified section where, you know, people can start actually, you know, having their builds put up on there? Um, what do you have in terms of plans? I'm really bad at video. 
like really like we have I think we've got like maybe three videos on our driver mod YouTube page mm -hmm. and they're all terrible like I I, I hate video um, it's it, it's an art form right like it's it's like people go to school for cinema right to kind of have it all paced correctly have the timing right have the sound right have you know multiple views and have the transit you know it's complicated right yeah absolutely writing an article is complicated enough you have to have photos and editing and editing for the wording and all that stuff right yeah no absolutely there's um, videos videos are a pretty tough one and you know we do talk about things like um trying to figure out a way to monetize your site like how are you mm -hmm. gonna make some money off of this at the same point not money to get rich but money right. to keep supporting the site and that doing is, what you want to do that's such a difficult question it's mm -hmm. it's crazy and you know i mean i have to give a lot of uh, i have to give a lot of props to um you know there's guys like matt farah who have figured out the formula for video which is you know he's got this whole one take series now that there's almost network there's next to no editing um, for all of his video content. He's able to pump out six to ten videos in a week sometimes. Right. And they're getting sixty thousand to two hundred thousand, three hundred, four hundred thousand views on each of these videos with very little post production in them. Um, and you know, I'm totally biting on on a podcast that I heard them from the Smoking Tire uh, just recently, but it's a very valid topic because nobody had really figured out a way to monetize from a video perspective because he started with a site. And he ended up then producing video content and they were producing really elaborate video content that took multiple days and tons of production um, and tons of editing. And it just, you know, you just don't see a return if you're trying to monetize it through YouTube. So when I started seeing what you were doing on your site, I was like, oh man, I wonder if he's going to be able to do this because uh, it wasn't like a question of, are you going to be able to monetize it? It was, what are you going to be able to do with some of these guys who have crazy builds and crazy cars? And I'm not necessarily suggesting that uh, one takes or you know riffing on the one takes are, are it but I think what I'm getting to is that the industry is so much or the industry our you know enthusiastic automotive culture is becoming a lot more accepting of, um, of, of lower you know it's like lower production value content as long as it's genuine and it's, it's authentic right. um, and I feel like there's probably like an opening there I'm seeing you know the guy's regular car reviews um, you know he does a lot more editing there's a ton of VO work done on he's a great writer right. um, and I and as soon as I started seeing driver mod I was like finally we've got like a you know a Canadian contingent and maybe some of that flavor I was wondering if it would ever make it into video but I, I, I totally understand <laughs> and, and respect your position on it because it's a it's tough if, if you want to do it justice it's definitely something I'm gonna keep trying to do. Um, I just don't have a whole lot of confidence in my in my abilities, which is probably a really bad attitude to have. Um, but well, yeah, you said you're a perfectionist, so I understand. Yeah, why. yeah, and like right. I'll, I'll make a video and I watch it back and I'll just be like, oh, this isn't this isn't great, right? But when I look at like an article like like that we've shot, we've done, and I'm like, this is awesome. Right. Like that S two thousand article, like Andrew Zhang's my my photographer, and like the work that kid produces, I say a kid because he's sixteen. No kidding, really. Yeah. Oh, and the work he produces wow. is obscene. Yeah, like, good incredible. for him. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna ask who did the photography for yeah, that. I saw the yeah. signature on it, um, but I don't think that I looked at where you gave photo credits to him. But yeah, he did a really good yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's Andrew Zhang. He like he just shoots and that, that type of thing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And he is he uh, Toronto local? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I like also liked your little the cameo of your shot of your car in beside his car. That was nice <laughs> yeah. to sneak that in there. <laughs> that, Speaking that was... of your car, mm -hmm. is yeah, it time should. to start? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell us a little bit about your car. What's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like like okay. for for you and for what you've done. You know, Josh, you're totally on point with that. Um, I, oops, I'd love to know what it is that you've done and if you can reveal uh, some of the things that you'd kind of alluded to earlier to me. 
no pressure, but this yeah. would be a great place no, to be a lot. And you mentioned earlier sort of your philosophy of how to build a car. Yeah. Starting, so just be like, as you talk about the car, sort of like how your approach to building yeah. would just be interesting too. Yeah, so um, when I bought the Miata, I was like, you know, my Civic, I did, I was wrenching on it all the time, right? Because right. you're always like, you know, tweaking things and playing with alignment settings and playing with sway bar settings and that type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of got tired of like wrenching on it all the time because you get to a point where you're like, I'm not even driving my car anymore. I'm just working on yeah. it like four days a week, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I could do that at the time because I was in college. Right. But I was like, okay, I just want to buy like a great car and really like, I'm I'm kind of annoying when it comes to this type of thing because I really like the Miata, but for that price point, I really don't know of a car that can do what it can do, you know? Right. Like, it was like that or like the MR2, and the MR2 doesn't have a trunk, so, Fair. you know, right? <laughs> and, so, and, and just to uh, remind us, what's the, what generation? Uh, it's an NB. An NB. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I, I bought the Miata, and I just wanted to drive it, right? So I did what... What I think you should do if you just want to drive it on the track, right? I got sticky tires because mm -hmm. off-season tires tend to turn to powder when you subject them to a lot of heat, right? Right, yeah. Um, you know, brake pads, uh, dot for brake fluid because you will boil, you know, yeah. oil and brake fluid. Which is a high temp brake fluid, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a roll bar because I'm not, <laughs> not mm. suicidal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I just kind of tracked the car like that, and that was that. I just tracked it. Um, but like from day one, I immediately noticed that I was burning like a ton of oil. Okay. Like mm. I did my first oil change about a thousand kilometers after, after I bought it. And they must have topped up right before I bought it. And I was like down a court, right? Hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so there's some alarm bells going on. Yeah. So I was just, I was just like, oh, whatever. I talked to my, my cousin who's my cousin who's a mechanic. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Just keep topping it up. And I did that for like a year. Right. And I tracked it and I, you know, I had fun with it. And then, like, winter came, and, like, it got worse. It got down to, like, 800K and, like, 600K. <laughs> so, I'm like, okay, I'm going to find out what's going on. Hopefully, right. it's, like, uh, you know, valve steals or even, like, just, you know, warped valves. I can get them replaced or whatever, mm. right? Yeah. So, I get a leak down test, and, like, the rings are gone, right? It just, yeah. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, I'll just put some, like, you know, oil, uh, you know that that Lucas, like, yeah, oil? Yeah, yeah, um, right. It's like, the seal, like, seals, seals everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I just chucked a bunch of that in. I, I've, I've been running, like, cheap Canadian tire motor oil just right. to kind of keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, either I do a rebuild, which, if I was going to do a rebuild, I would do, like, a proper rebuild, like, up the compression a bit, you know, polish, port the head, that type of thing. And that would have been, like, a three grand project, like, oh. minimum. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm not like this is very controversial because people really like the Miata BP motor, mm -hmm. but I really don't. Mm -hmm. Like it's an it's an iron block. It's 1980s tech. Um, it it overheats when when you boost them. Uh, they make like 220 horsepower when boosted. Like not a ton of potential. Um, yeah. So and when people do NA builds, like I've seen people guys throw like 10 grand into a Miata into like a massive BP motor. Wow. And. Like a good, like a really good amount of power to get from that engine when fully built is like 185 horsepower, which you know that's not that's not crazy, right? For that kind of money. Yeah. So the other option was just to buy another Mazda motor, right? Stick it in for a grand, but then you're running it. But then you've got like the question is, oh, like is this motor pooch too, right? Yeah, yeah. How long do you have on it? Yeah, exactly. So MT Motorsports recently came out with a um, GM EcoTech swap kit 
which when I tell people about it, they were like, why the hell would you want that Right, no, that's, it's kind of what I thought. Like, when you mentioned it to me, I immediately go to Google, and I'm like, what the fuck is this motor? Yeah, so it's the 2.4 liter LE5, right? Mm-hmm. And it came in everything. It came in the Pontiac Solstice, the Saturn Sky, the Pontiac G8, mm-hmm. the Chevy Cobalt, the Saturn mm-hmm. Aurora, the Saturn I, you know, you name it, right? right. It's been in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's actually a really good motor. Like, it's weird, you know? Um, it's 10.4 to one compression. It's dual red cam. It's all aluminum. It's continually variable. It's all aluminum. Yeah. Jesus. Like, like it's a good motor, huh. right? Um, they're and I've always kind of held the mentality that you know GM makes good motors, right? Mm. The rest of the car, uh, mm. you know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, they have been like, known like for their power plants. The LS, right? Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. in everything. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, so MT began making a kit where you you can basically bolt the 2.4 liter LE5 into your car. Uh, t- you throw a tune on it, 91 octane, and you make 200 wheel horsepower. Wow. And it's not like they just kind of put this kit together and they sold it. They did, they uh, they put it into a chump car initially, uh, a white NA Miata, hmm. and they did 80 hours of endurance racing wow. on this engine swap. Wow. Without a single engine related issue. No kidding. Yeah, like that's insane. With, yeah, that's with, decent R and D with a stock rad. Wow. Yeah. So like just talking about it, like I'm like man, mm. um, like yeah, like they they broke like wheel bearings and they damn it, they blew up a diff and that type of thing. But yeah, no like engine related issues. Mm. And to put the chair on top, I'm totally selling this for them. Um, <laughs> but it's like if you do it yourself, it's like three five hundred bucks. Wow. Which is like the price of a turbo kit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so you but get on a like, very reliable motor now. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you get any you get an any torque curve. Mm-hmm. You get turbo power, you know, two hundred wheel ish, right? Right. For a Miata. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, power to weight's gotta be pretty brilliant on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, dr- I drove their car and it felt like like stock Mustang GT power. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh like when you do the math right, you like you've got like a ten horsepower per pound. Or sorry, ten pounds per horsepower. Right uh, ratio, which is right. which is comparable to like like factory muscle cars, right? Jesus, yeah, no kidding, huh? That is really interesting too. And I, do you know anybody in Canada who's done that so yeah, far? Like a few guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the, the reason why I haven't done it to my car is because they've had so much demand. Mm. I'm, I'm just waiting for the swap kit now. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I, is it is it realistic to say too that I mean, when it comes to parts with an engine that was so widely built, I mean, it's not like they're going to be expensive or hard to find. Yeah, I. <laughs> I bought my engine for three hundred and forty dollars. Wow! Delivered to my door. (laughs) 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 That yeah, it sounds like it sounds like robbery. Yeah, and and if you blow it up, you just go to the junkyard, you find like another Chevy Cobalt, you take the engine out, and you put it in your car. Yeah. Wow. So how many k? How many k were on your motor when you got it? uh, About a hundred. Which is more than I would have wanted. Sure, but for three hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, and (laughs) for. Yeah, so I, I really can't complain about that. Awesome. Yeah, and then apparently they're good to like three hundred thousand. So, wow. Yeah. Well, that's really that's yeah, hmm. that's super exciting. I'm really interested. I can't wait to see the process of it. I'm sure you'll document it all well. And yeah, no, yeah, um, we're actually gonna be doing it all for Speed Academy. Oh no, kidding! Yeah. Really? Yeah, like uh, the, um, what I kind of the kind of predict predicament I was in is uh, I was like, okay, I want to document it all, but mm-hmm. we don't do technical content at driver mod, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I'm. You're you're never gonna see a, a full build, you know, part one to thirteen on driving yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what they do. Yeah. And hmm. it, I I contacted them about, about it, and they're they're interested in the idea, and they're cool with it. Um. 
And it, it's it's gonna be great exposure for driver mod, right? No just, just to have like a driver mod, um, you know, you're at the bottom of each article type thing. Totally. Mm. Uh, when's when do you expect that? <laughs> so, <laughs> the build was supposed to begin late May. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm like, you know, whenever I get the kit, I'll start building. Like sure. I've got, I've got everything. I've got the engine, uh, um, flywheel, wiring harness, like the Cadillac uh, throttle pedal that you need to accommodate the throttle by wire. No, no kidding. Like, you know, like all the like, random bits and bobs that you need to get right. swapped on, right? Huh. You just need the kit. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, hmm. like I even got like a spare flywheel that way I can get that refinished ahead of time. Smart. Yeah, stuff like that. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think? Uh, sorry, when it comes to the kit itself, what like what, what is the kit comprised of? So it's a flywheel adapter, a mm-hmm. bell housing adapter, engine mounts. Um, you have to relocate the front sway bar. It has like a relocation kit just to move it down. Wow. Mm. Um. Is it just a lower oil pan position that you need to be able to clear? New oil pan, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Like a, a bunch of adapters for the uh, the thermostat and the and the, the coolant hoses mm. and that type of thing. Oh, right, right, right. Um, yeah, but new ECU. New ECU. I've got a G, GM ECU. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about how you can do it is everything bolts onto the engine. Like you bolt the oil pan on, you bolt the housing and flywheel adapter on, you bolt mm-hmm. all the engine mounts on, mm-hmm. you bolt everything onto the engine except for the sway relocate kit. And then when you go to put the GM engine into it, it's basically like doing a Miata swap. You just stick the engine in. Um, um, <laughs> the catch to that is like the customer work and the customer wiring work, right? Which is horrible, obviously. Um, but no, aside from that, like they do their swaps. Like if you if you were to walk into MT today and you gave them, I think it's like fifty eight ninety nine, they would do it in two days. Um, everything, right? Wow. Um, yeah, which which really isn't bad. Like I've heard yeah. of people blowing a lot more for a lot less yeah, yeah. yeah. seriously jesus um okay so i wanted to we're kind of like we're getting to the end of this here in terms of uh, some of the questions that i had uh i have two that i'm sure you have a very strong opinion on or i i, I manage i imagine you'll have a strong opinion on which is you know being an mx5 guy or miata guy i don't know what the politically correct term <laughs> is but um uh so the um what is it the rf right the rf the the hardtop yeah yeah. what do you what do you think about it because i've heard from some of the purists that it's blasphemy but then i've heard from i mean and and for me personally not being an mx5 guy i look at it and go wow i mean they've it it, to me it looks like a fantastic car right if if you were to ask me about two years ago i probably would have sided with the purest people mm-hmm. um, because oh it's it's more away it's, mecha- mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's more complicated mechanically right same with the NC it's power retracting hardtop yeah but when you own a Miata and you have to live with like the fixed roof and all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah and, and the, the flimsy soft top the idea of having like a, a retractable roof is incredible right mm-hmm. like it, it's I, I need two people to take my roof off oh man like yeah. trying, trying to do that in the morning when like everyone's asleep like it's a real pain you know <laughs> yeah, yeah so at uh. some point you're like I would love the idea of just pushing a button and having the roof fold, even if it means an additional hundred pounds. Right, and I mean, is that? Did you know any of the specs or what they're anticipating that would be in terms honestly, of weight gain? Not, honestly, not really. No, yeah. I, I think it might be like around like a hundred more pounds. Sure. But when people talk about weight, I feel like there's a, a real misconception about what matters. Yeah. Because when you put a passenger into your car, you're adding like 150 pounds minimum. Mm, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, when you bolt a roll bar into your car, you're adding like, like you know, like basic things add weight right yeah and there, there's great cars out there like the nc miata like the s2000 that do weigh a bit more and they're still fantastic cars yeah right? yeah um interesting because yeah when i saw it i went 
they hit a home run with this one. Yeah, like, like, like it, it looks like an old 240Z to me with the roof up. And yeah. that is so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I'm looking at it going, you know, being like a Subaru guy, like BRZ, I mean, you got to really run for your money. I mean, I know and I, I imagine that you know, there's going to be a pretty substantial price difference when it comes to what BRZ or FRS or 86, whatever we call them now, sure. um, end up being in comparison to it just because there's so much more mechanically happening with it. But still, uh, I think it's a beautiful car. Mm. Um, the other one is uh, is one that I'm trying to get my father-in-law into. He's always been a Fiat guy. And so when you look at the new 124 Spider, 124 Spider, um, I don't know if how familiar you are with it or, or not, but um, when I saw kind of some of the release videos for it, like holy shit you know Fiat's actually like they're back in town with like a proper coupe right um and then when i started doing a little bit of digging on it you know it's just everyone's kind of like flaming it as being a glorified it's because it is it's a it's a miata i mean it's built on the mx5 platform and they've put some like you know some pretty uh you know italian parts on it which i don't know if those are that's good or bad (laughs) at that price point but uh interested to know you know if you're familiar with it and what you think about it well, I'm I'm a really bad person to talk to about new cars because I never ever drive them. Yeah, right? yeah, um, that's pretty fair. I'm, I'm more of like a like you know uh, my buddy's RX7, or like a little Corvette, <laughs> you know whatever, right? Yeah, um, totally. But you know, I, I, it's funny you bring that up because I actually I read the car and driver review of it um, today, and like the thing about the Fiat is that it's built on the same assembly line as the Miata, right? Right. So on one hand, it almost seems kind of redundant to me. I personally don't like the way it looks. I, I think those weird, like, U things in the hood kind of remind me of, like, an old, like, Chrysler Crossfire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. You're right. And uh, I would rather have, like, I I didn't really know much about the uh, the 1.8, the one point, sorry, 1.4 liter multi-air engine until I really read about it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I would ha- rather have the Miata engine just because it's higher compression. It's got more potential if you ever wanted to boost in the future. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that it's got kind of, this is all hearsay because I've never driven sure. it. But I've heard that it's got like a weird hole in the power band. Um, and it's kind of laggy because it is a small boost motor. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's actually, I'm, I hope I go with this correctly. It's actually 0.5 of a second slower to 60 and 0.8 of a second slower in the quarter mile than the Miata. Right. Despite having like another 40 well, foot pounds. Exactly. A, a fairly significant yeah, margin in horsepower. Or sorry, in torque. Because the power band is so tiny, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, and it was, I mean, to me, when I saw it, I immediately fell in love with the sound of the Abarth, of course. Like, it sounds great, but yeah. then, yeah. you know, you get the top down and you're, you're into it. Um, but it's a... Yeah, it's kind of a, it's a big question mark for me too because yeah. even like the five hundreds that are the Abarth five hundreds, every time I hear one, I like I, I'm turning and looking they, at it as it's going by, yeah. and then I go, oh, yeah, but it's the five hundred, and I kind of feel like at the end of the day, that's what's going to end up happening yeah. with the one twenty four Spider. But yeah, like I, I kind of feel like I'm going to get in trouble for talking like this because people really like it, and I get why they like it. It's <laughs> yeah. like the rebirth of the one twenty four Spider, right? An, an icon, icon right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, if if you put like two side by side and you gave me the case of both into each, I I take Miata because I'd rather have the two liter. I'd rather have um, the wider power band. That, yeah, that type of thing, right? And I like I like the way it looks better. That's pretty fair. Yeah, Josh, have you you've seen it? I, I honestly leave all the looks aside. Leave the tuning aside. Leave the sound aside. Leave the actual performance aside. Philosophically, I'm with you 100%, Philip. I want the what the thing was originally right. created to be. Yeah. If it was a Fiat 124, I would judge it as being that. Right. I would never see it other than what it is, which is like 
it's wearing a dress, <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> yeah. it's and so I'd rather have what the original is. And in that sense, it's because I believe in like original intent. Yeah. Yeah, like, like the Fiat 124 Spider was this like drop top, rev happy, naturally aspirated, yeah. lightweight roadster, right? And it was this cool Italian, unique thing. Mm-hmm. But like like you said, Sumiata with you know Fiat clothing with an, a Barth motor, yeah, <laughs> both into it, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that that's my perspective. I want to I want to drive one. I want to listen to it. I want to drive yeah. one. It, it kind of reminds me of when you got into the F Type and you you just you know you fall in love with just oh, the sound yeah, of the car. Oh yeah, just like it sounded so good. It was a yeah, absolutely. Even if I didn't like. Like, always thought it looked good, but didn't have any necessarily, like, it was like, good looking car, sounds great, okay. Yeah. Going for a rip in it, just really, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> I, I I hope you can feel the envy from here. Uh, <laughs> I oh. still have not even stepped foot in yeah. one. It's yeah. great. Yeah. I need to. That's that's high on my bucket list right now. Um, but anyway, so th- this is great. Um, I think it's time for us to uh, to wrap it up. I think what's really important is making sure I want you to get your plugs in. So where can we find you? Uh, where can we follow you? Um, give us all the details. Um, yeah, drivermod.ca. If you go to our about page, we've all, we've all got Twitter handles. We've, we've right. got drivermod Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so you're at drivermod on Twitter and drivermod on Facebook. Don't have a Twitter account. Okay. Do have a Facebook account. If you go, if you type in drivermod into Facebook, it should pop up. Nice. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and if you Google it on Google.ca, I mm-hmm. think it's like the third link. Nice. Nice. Not sure. That's not bad. That's not, not bad, bad at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. That's it. Well, and it's great content. Great yeah. Canadian content. It looks great. It's great to read. It really does. No, I think that I'm really happy to have you in here uh, early on. I'm happy that uh, you know we're able to chat together with both of these things starting very early on because I I really do see a, a pretty strong future for driver mod. So. You know, we'll be fans and hopefully we can have you back on the show soon again and we'll talk about more of what's going on with some of the builds and some of the stuff that's transpired over the summer. And get an update on your swap. Yeah, the swap's <laughs> going to yeah. be an awesome one. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, thank you so much. Josh, thank you. Um, as always, everyone, you can find us uh, on iTunes. Just search out the Bucket Seat Podcast. You can find us at thebucketseat.ca. And we're on Twitter at thebucketseat and don't really use it a lot other than new episode drops. So, uh, episode eight, um, we're still trying to lock down uh, a good friend of mine who works at Multimatic, and we're going to talk about the new GT40 and some of his work building the carbon fiber go fast bits for it in the factory, as well as his trip to uh, to Le Mans and being in the pits for 24 hours with the GT team. So look forward to that, and uh, we'll be back hopefully in the next couple of weeks once we get all that lined up. So yeah, and subscribe and like. Don't forget to do that.